was once I was strolling one very hot summer's day when I thought I'd lay myself down to rest in a big field of tall grass. I lay there in the sun and felt it caressing my face as I fell asleep and dreamed. I dreamed I was in a Hollywood movie and that I was the star of the movie. This really blew my mind. The fact that me, an overfed, long-haired, leaping gnome, should be the star of a Hollywood movie. Hmm. What did he say? A long-haired, noble, leaping gnome? Is that what he said? I believe something like that. Uh, yeah. Was it about the Hobbit? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Long haired, leaping, noble gnome. Say that when you're intoxicated. <laughs> I think I have actually. <laughs> you know who that is, right? Um, I I've heard the song plenty of times. I can't remember oh, the artist. So, oh, welcome, Chester. Hey, Eric. It, it's the Gloria person. G L O R A. Eric Burton. Oh, okay. But he was with war there. He'd already, he'd, he was at war. Yeah, he was at war. He was with war, actually, I guess you should say. Hey, LJ, welcome. Hey, everybody. Uh, anyway, this is Trice Talk. I'm Donald Wayne. I'm Dennis Lee. And this is Eric. Uh, Eric. <laughs> okay. Uh, of course. Yeah, I know. I, I forgot what I was I know, right? Course. Eric, of course. I got to write that down on my sheet here. But anyway. <laughs> if I wanted to ad lib or just or just <laughs> Eric, if you prefer. <laughs> oh, just Eric, if you prefer. Hey. All right. Well, anyway, it's Sunday night. It's March the 7th, and uh, we're starting off another week. I guess Indeed. I can tell Eric to hush up now. He can go take a break, and he can lay out there in the grass and watch the Leaping gnomes, or whatever he was doing out there in the grass. Yes, what? how's what? everybody? Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a good weekend, of course. I don't know what he's talking about either, Eric. Just <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you weren't there in the '60s and '70s, what can I say? You missed the whole show. Welcome, Mario. Um. Anyway. So uh, I said, "How is everybody? Everybody doing okay?" Oh, doing great. How about it yourself? It was a beautiful weekend. It was. It was. We ate lunch out on the patio, and you know, did uh, the girls rode the bikes? It's good. Good weekend. Yeah. Nice, kind of laid back atmosphere. We lit a couple of fires in the backyard, burned a few things. <laughs> Oh, I love to burn. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, if you you know, since we don't do a, a, a fireplace in the house anymore, I, you know, I have a I have wood in the fireplace. Um, it's kind of nice to burn it outdoors because it kind of smells like you're camping. You know, it's got that right. Unless you're burning pine, the pine doesn't have much of a smell to it. But some of the hardwoods we burn, it's it's nice. Anyway, it was nice weekend. Yeah. 
if I stayed away from the TV, which I tried to most of the weekend, but uh, there was a few things that cre- crept in <laughs> while I was uh, trying to avoid it. But um, there's there's some stuff going on this weekend. Yeah, there's always something creeping. It's, it has been a busy, busy news weekend. Yeah. Yeah, trying to turn the world upside down. I uh, I just saw something about 20 minutes ago, and I didn't have a chance to investigate it, but I swear it was on Twitter, which, you know, means it could, you got a 50-50 chance of it being true. But something about Biden was going to do an executive order about voting. Did, did anybody see that besides yes, me? I did. I did actually. What the see hell that. is that about? Um, Has this actually, man lost his mind? Did you, were you able to pull the story? You said you weren't able to investigate. I, I didn't, I couldn't because of the time, you know, I, I said, oh no, I don't have time to get into this, but uh, um, I saw some people respond to it and say, you know, said, uh, that it's crazy to think that he's yeah. going to put it, put out some executive orders relating to voting. Yeah, actually I saw it earlier. Um, hey, forgotten. Welcome. Um, hey, Chris. <laughs> yeah. What mind? Yeah. I just, I didn't do it. Hey, pink squirrel. Welcome. Hey, I just, hey everybody. Um, I thought that you were going to do something with it. So I didn't save it. I'll see if I can find it again. Well, it I, I didn't really have room for, room for it tonight because the the agenda was pretty much set but i just thought i would see if anybody saw that i i thought well maybe i'm reading this wrong but uh, i mean it said that joe biden talking about an executive order in relation to voting well you know i just surely not surely he doesn't doesn't think he can do that um Yes, and he has lost his mind. Well, there wasn't much to lose, but uh, oh yeah, he, he did. He um, let's see, blah, 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 he may blah. not be pulling that string. It may be somebody else. Says, well, thanks uh, for the coffee. Forgotten. We appreciate. Oh, appreciate the coffee. Yeah, I we need a little. Some, I need a little caffeine. Pick me up right now. Put a little of the old Irish cream in there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Biden marks Bloody Sunday by signing executive order to promote voting access. Yeah, a new executive order from President Joe Biden directs federal agencies to take a series of steps to promote voting access, a move that has come as congressional Democrats press for a sweeping voting uh, for an elections bill to counter efforts to restrict voting access. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I love the way they use the word restrict voting access. They're still harping on that garbage after all this time. Well, um, he, t- he tied it into um, he tied it into a recorded address on the 56th commemoration of Bloody Sunday, you know, the 1965. Um, Selma. Selma, yeah. The bridge on Selma, Alabama. Yeah. So he says every eligible voter should be able to vote and have it counted even if the machines are fraudulent, what does it matter? Scott, the votes. <laughs> he didn't say the last part. I well, threw that in there. Right? Yeah. If, <laughs> if Nancy and friends could get their way, we'd have 15, 14 year olds voting. Well, I know they yeah. were, they were going down to 16, but fortunately that got, that got sidelined this, this year. But that's, that's, that's nuts that, that I don't know. Anyway, we're uh, not. There's it's it's still 
got to it's still got to find its way. I mean, it's 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 not a done deal. Well, I mean, yeah, but an executive order is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he'll he'll, he'll you know, give him a give him a few hours, a couple of days. He'll forget he signed it anyway. I uh, think that uh, he ought to at least wait and or well, that may be a sign that they don't feel like that that HR one bill is going to get through the Senate, which I hope not. But um, well, they've spent uh, conservative groups have spent about five million dollars on a campaign to try and persuade some of the moderate. Uh, Senate Democrats to oppose the rule changes needed to pass the measure. So I saw a little bit of, uh, they were talking to Joe Manchin earlier today. I forgot what program it was and I was trying really not to watch it, but it seems like Joe Manchin is kind of in the middle and, you know, kind of leans in our direction sometimes to help us out with certain, certain issues, which hopefully, um, That'll continue. Maybe if he's got the nerve to continue doing that, that he might spur a few other Democrats who don't believe in some of that radical garbage. Right. I think the only other Democrat, you know, other than Joe Manchin would be that Kirsten Cinema of Arizona. Right. Mm. Because I noticed that, that I think there, there's some legislation that, that Democrats are pushing that she doesn't seem to be in favor of either. Mm. She's gonna make me quit putting cinnamon on my toast. <laughs> uh. Well, you know, it's um we have our list of ones that we like and don't like, especially on the on the Republican side. Right. But um all right, well I, I'm gonna spend a little time tomorrow l- looking into that some more and and seeing if there's actually enough of a story to make something out of it, or if that's just something that was being tossed around and people got excited about it. So, um, but that, that was concerning. I mean, uh, responses were, you know, Hey, you know, how can you take that right away from the States? Well, they're going to do that with HR one. If you, if you haven't been paying attention, so y'all better try to find a way to defeat that sucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or Biden's executive orders won't be the only thing you got to worry about. Anyway, that's getting a little little deep before we even <laughs> even just did all the pleasantries, isn't it? Jeez, I know. I, that's what I get for looking at Twitter before before we get started. It just there's always something on there that floats my boat. Really? Um. If I'd known, I said, if I'd known Ellie J was going to be on here tonight, I would have looked into that story. Dennis Lee, did you hear the one about uh, some group in Texas wants to change the eyes of Texas are upon you? Change that song to what? Some idiots in Austin. I I don't know. I you know it's another one of those things. Uh-huh. I haven't had time to research. Yeah, they uh, smoke a lot of dope in Austin. So if if Ellie J wants to comment <laughs> on that, but. Uh, Oh, <laughs> I guess you didn't see that story. <laughs> so what, yeah, do they, what, some, what do they want to change it to? I don't know. It, it's just, I saw tests. the tail end of it. You know, it says uh, there's some group in Austin that uh, they've made an issue out of the song. The eyes of Texas are upon you all the live long day, you know, and, and I did not see the whole story. So I, I just thought maybe Ellie J had seen something like that, but hmm. 
Anyway, I'll look uh, that up and and uh, maybe address that on Tuesday night. I'm gonna I'm gonna try well, to find out. Maybe they want to change it to you know Hall and Oates private eyes or <laughs> you know something else. Um, every uh, breath you take, you know. Um, well, I was, I was trying to think in my that. mind: is there anything? Could there anything in that song that I I can't remember all the words to it, but that would remotely be considered racist or or I mean, or white supremacist? Well, I mean, I'm just defensive in general. Just cancel everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. What Jeez. was it? Um, uh, gosh, what's the, uh, the other books besides um, uh, Dr. Seuss? They were going after also. What's the one with the monkey? Is it the monkey? What? Um, what? I don't um, think so. I know, oh. like, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head are being canceled. No. You're talking about Curious George? Curious George. They're going to cancel Curious George? Well, they were. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, that that came up yesterday. I mean, Curious George goes on all kinds of cool adventures. Huh? I mean, he he has all kinds of cool adventures. I mean, kids have grown up with Curious George and not been a slight bit racist. That's... You know, I, I, you know, it's been way too long since I've read any of those books. So should it, should it have been a jackass or an elephant? I mean, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if we can make if, fun of donkeys anymore. Well, you know, I, I, I that's guess not prejudice yeah. against uh, Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Democrats. and and just a word out to any Democrat leaning person: uh, the Democrats chose the symbol of the donkey themselves. It wasn't right. forced upon them. So, yeah. you know. I think I would have thought a little harder about that, but they chose it because of the stubbornness of the donkey. So, uh-huh. well, <laughs> and it's curious, George, we need to look at that because, um, obviously it's, it's aggravated some kind of group somewhere. Oh, goodness. So eyes of Texas, uh, you know, Dr. Seuss, curious, George, what's next? I mean, they got on a roll since they started I mean, tearing down monuments last year. I mean, they're trying to erase American history. Yeah, I mean, you might as well go ahead and go after, you know, Bugs Bunny. And um, the Tom and Jerry just came out with a new movie. There's tons of violence in that. Um, so, Peter's, you know, just let's just let everybody line up. Go ahead and decide what they want to cancel. We'll have nothing left. Um, well, nobody's been hurt any more than the roadrunner that poor bird has just had everything in the world happen to him and well i think you know. wiley coyote got more than the oh i'm sorry yeah you're right yeah. you're right it, it, the yeah. coyote not um, the bird yeah. but sometimes the bird did get hurt right uh, gonzo <laughs> yeah i mean yeah gonzo from I the mean, muppets um elmer right? fudd and daffy duck from the looney tunes i mean yosemite yeah, sam oh yeah yosemite sam was obviously racist I mean, word has it, he had a rebel flag on the back of his shirt. We just never saw it because he had his jacket on. So, I mean. Well, I was listening to um, a a song on the way back from picking up uh, dinner tonight. And it was uh, the night they drove old Dixie down. Mm -hmm. And I I thought to myself, wait a minute. I'm surprised they're still letting him play that song on the radio. Welcome, Sean. Um, (laughs) obviously they haven't gotten around to that one yet but um you know well way to go donald wayne they'll be canceling that yeah 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 somebody (laughs) somebody will make everybody aware of it what (laughs) 
All right. Well, um, some Lost see. Tales mentions the Tom and Jerry movie too. Tom yeah, and we just watched that. I thought it was great. Um, had the girl in it from uh, Zombieland. She's I like her. She's pretty cool. Oh, I like I like the awesome. first Zombieland. I did not see the second one. Was that oh, any good? The Anybody one. see? It? Yeah, the second one was pretty good. Double Tap. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I sw- well, that's what it was called. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I understand. I know what it refers to. <laughs> okay, I was making sure. <laughs> I did yeah. see the first one. Remember? Uh, yeah. You know, speaking of that, you know, the CDC um, has put this was on USA Today. The CDC is asking people to prepare for a zombie apocalypse. Um, so it started out as something funny, but, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek-like, but then mm-hmm. uh, it turned into, uh, yeah, you go ahead and do it because you can apply that same mentality to other disasters. So, um, all right, whole well, article on that. I'll okay, on I, have our, an, our I have an issue with that. I mean, if there is a virus out there that can turn dead people into superhuman, you know, where they can run faster than a gazelle and scale walls and do all the garbage they did. And what was that last one with Tom Cruise? Um, at World War Z. Was that Tom Cruise? No, it was Brad Pitt. Brad yeah. Pitt. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I like the zombies of the old days, you know, when I was younger and zombies could barely move. They were like the mummy, you know? Yeah, I mean, back in the old, when they had the old black and white movie, uh, yeah, you know, they could you could go run up to a zombie, poke it in the oh, eyes, push it over. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that groups didn't come out back then, going, "Well, that's just that's abusive." Yeah. Uh, but they things. decided, well, you know, that's not much of a challenge if these these suckers can't move fast and you know, just overrun people. So they, but um, yeah, symbolize uh, said, yeah, twenty eight days later, that's probably. Uh, one of the first few ones I saw were, you know, zombies were trucking, you know, <laughs> Man, you better, you better have some legs on you. You're going to go down. Um, but yeah, the CDC's, uh, saying, yeah, go ahead. Prepare for a, prepare for a zombie apocalypse. Uh, yeah. That one with Will Smith too, that, that real dark one, uh, was it? I am, what was the name of that movie? Um, um i am legend, I am legend. thank you sean yeah, thanks sean. yeah that was you know those were kind of spooky but at least they couldn't come out in the daylight so there was some protection huh. it's kind of like half vampire half whatever well maybe they were more vampire than they were anything but uh, oh. lord lord forbid we ever see anything like that so well i've got four or five baseball bats in the garage uh I'm armed. <laughs> It'll, we'll just, we got the third floor here. We'll be up on yeah, the I'm castle. Yeah, I'm not going to waste any brass on a zombie. That's for sure. I'm going to have a, <laughs> put some nails in that bat and go to town. Yep. <laughs> All right. So I guess we better move on to the uh, business at hand. Whoa, business. <laughs> or at, at somebody's hand. I don't know. I, uh, just to- um, and Stephanie mentions coming to America too in the chat as well. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I, I was going to try yet. not to mention that, but um, I, I just watched that last night. Did you? Uh, yes. It was filmed. Uh, a good part of it's filmed in Atlanta, if not all of it. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, Jess. Yeah, I just, please I'll don't. just say it's. Um, 
I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> we, yeah, just don't say anything yep. else, Donald Wayne. Yeah, y'all watch it, and and then maybe we can talk about it on on Wednesday or or you know Wednesday of next week after several people have had a chance to watch it, mm-hmm. and okay. uh, then we can just have a little quiz. But okay. uh, it, I, pretty much the whole cast was back. Everybody that was alive, anyway. Um. So, how do we get on that? Um, I'm not sure. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, I was just going to update. Um, well, I'm not going to update that tonight. Now, we'll skip on. Okay. Now, let's just go into our just little short subjects there, Dennis Lee, if, you, uh, if you're ready for that. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, you're saying I'm up then is what you're saying, Donald. Well, all right. Well, um, yeah, no, I was, I was just perusing through, uh, to get ready for our show this evening. And I ran across a story that, uh, there was a serial car burglar that broke into over a thousand vehicles, uh, up in Pennsylvania. If we've got any Pennsylvania people on here, um, that'd be interesting. Uh, so this guy, um, who was 33 years old, was charged with 76 counts of loitering, along with uh, counts of theft, burglary, and receiving stolen property, according to NBC in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Um, there's a thousand cars. So John, uh, from Bucks County outside Philadelphia, remained in jail Friday night. Uh, it was morning in September about, okay, so... So yeah, a thousand cars from September until until just recently, but still a thousand cars uh, from September to you know to um, the to February is pretty pretty bold. Are you looking um, at that picture with the article? Yeah. Oh, okay. Why? What? What? I I just. I it didn't. I never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> um, did you see something? And I didn't no. See I was just one? questioning whether that, that was actually guy. What's that, just, what's that sticking out of his? Oh, I, well, I was I questioning mean, whether that was a guy. But well, it looks like he works out. I mean, his arms hmm. kind of bulging a little bit. Uh, hmm. There's some ghostly images on here. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what was that a picture from? Somebody's uh, ring doorbell or something? Uh, probably, yeah. You know, everybody's got the ring now. Um, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, the Bucks County Police put out a warning in September about the serial car burglar uh, releasing security footage um, reportedly of the perpetrator engaged in criminal activity. I'm not going to say his name because... Uh, give some, you know, some hack, uh, any kind of, yeah, so, you know, it could be proven innocent. You don't know. Right. It could ruin him. I mean, the suspect was believed to be behind about a thousand unlawful entries into vehicles throughout Bucks County and parts of New Jersey. Um, police said last year targeting unlocked cars while wearing all black clothes and white and orange sneakers. So he won't stand out at all. Um, police noted his distinct style of walking and running. 
where he <laughs> walked on his toes almost like a little ballerina, I guess, to make sure that he was even quieter. Um, uh, as a result I was going to say a velociraptor. A velociraptor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result of the tireless investigation by our office in partnership with local law enforcement, this community can have peace of mind knowing the individual charged today with breaking into more than a thousand cars in Bucks County is being held to account, said the PA Attorney General Josh Shapiro in a statement to NBC. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's, uh, see, let's see my little calculator out here because um, it's not going to work out in my head too well right this second. So, what are you trying to calculate? October, November, December. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, hold, hold on, don't, don't don't figure it out for me. Uh, let's just see. Three, Doesn't BP uh, live somewhere uh, around uh, Philadelphia? Uh, he lives close to Pittsburgh, uh, I believe. Uh, oh, okay. Pink Squirrel lives lives in Pennsylvania too, I believe. Oh, really? Um. I think Ralph lives close to Philadelphia, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, or, or or if he's in the northeastern portion, close to like New York and New Jersey. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, Dennis oh, Lee. Pittsburgh. Hey, what happened? What happened? Where did everybody go? So yeah, um, <laughs> I, did you go to sleep? <laughs> no, no. So oh. yeah, I mean. Uh, this guy's pretty bold. I mean, what he's, he's uh you know plucking, you know close to two hundred cars a month. So mm-hmm. that's it. Must be he must get around so quickly because he's doing that little tiptoe thing. I mean, if you look at the picture, it does look like he's got some muscles in his legs. So yeah, I, I know, just he's uh he's definitely working out. I, I was there's something under that that hoodie too. Uh, yeah, there's something kind of square looking like a yeah. A block of some I kind don't know. of what, cheese. <laughs> I don't know. It was. I, it just looks weird. I'm. Uh, you know. Well, we'll post it on Facebook, and uh, everybody can get, you know, get some for opinions themselves. about yeah about um, with this with the, the condition of that picture. Hmm. All right. <laughs> well, um, on on the Mike Huckabee site that uh, called Evening Edition, he has a morning edition and an evening edition, and and I found this story about Walgreens because I kind of like Walgreens, uh, the one that's close to me, and uh, I use them occasionally when when I, uh, you know, not getting stuff at uh, Kroger, but um, evidently Walgreens is having some problems in San Francisco, which probably. <laughs> A lot of people are having problems in San Francisco, but the drugstore chain is closing up to 10 stores in the San Francisco area because the California politicians made it a misdemeanor to steal anything worth less than $950. And the city's DA is refusing to prosecute shoplifters. So stores like Walgreens are being ransacked by both professional thieves and homeless people. Um, and, of course, Mike Huckabee throws in his two cents. He says, on the plus side, you'll still be able to buy plenty of drugs in the parks in San Francisco. Oh, wow. 
uh, because of all the stuff they're taking out of the stores. Uh, you don't uh, want to disrupt the economy, Donald Wayne. I mean, no, we don't. Geez. That supply chain is very important. That's right. Um, the latest Walgreen to close is the store at the corner of Bush and Larkin Streets, which has posted signs in the window announcing the closure, which will happen on March the 17th. But uh, community members in that area are, are so concerned about the closure that they've started an online petition and hoping that they can stop it. But so far, they've only garnered 179 signatures, so that's probably not enough to, to change Walgreens' mind. But the funny thing is, and the video, uh, let's see, you probably have to go to the Mike Huckabee site to see it, but there was a crew from Inside Edition, which I guess it's – that's a thing that a lot of local local uh, TV stations use. But they were in there filming the condition of the Walgreens and all the empty shelves. And, in fact, if you're looking at the video when it starts, they're going down these aisles and there's barely anything on the shelves. And then they come around a corner and then this guy dressed all in black and has got his hood pulled over him. Of course, he has a face mask on. He jumps over a counter and he he grabs something that's on, on a shelf or something behind the counter. And then he just kind of strolls towards the, the front of the, of the uh, Walgreens. And of course the camera is following him. He gets on a scooter. He's got one of those little electric scooters <laughs> gets on there with his stolen merchandise. He heads for the door and some woman's coming in. So she holds the door open for him and he just scoots out the door. But <laughs> the, the funny thing about it, if there is any, Thing funny about people stealing is that he wasn't in any hurry he wasn't he didn't appear to be concerned the fact that hey you know i'm being filmed uh but i'm sure it'd still be hard to kind of identify him well i mean it's gonna be a misdemeanor what's the worst you know that can happen to him. hey bp yeah hey bp um, well yeah they were um they're talking about that and as i said you know they're they're really not prosecuting people for for that small time theft at this time. In fact, they're not even holding people when they do arrest them that they're letting them go because they just don't see the point in having all those. There, there's so much of it going on in the city that they're just you know they're not they're not keeping them in jail. But it, it's just the. They say that this is happening all over San Francisco because of that. They're blaming it on on the uh, legislature for or the city council uh, for lowering that, uh, um, you know, limiting it to anything under nine hundred fifty dollars as a misdemeanor. And they think that that's what's driving people. They don't have much of a risk to go out there and steal. But uh, this one particular walmart that they were showing on the uh that they were doing the um inside edition piece on they were losing about a thousand dollars a day in average of merchandise that was going out the door because of shoplifting and like i said it's not only professional thieves but it's also homeless people in the area people just come in and take what they want and leave jeez uh when a store employee was asked why the shelves were empty. He said, go ask the people in the alleys. They have it all. Um, <laughs> the clerks and so forth aren't allowed to do anything. The stores will not allow them to get involved and try to stop people that are stealing because they're afraid that they might get, you know, get injured. 
of course, the San Francisco Police Department there told the Washington Examiner that they were aware of the incidents of the retail theft. Um, but they say that, you know, they're, that the incidents of uh, larceny crimes are down significantly in the city. And they say that they routinely check in with the stores in the area just to have a presence. But obviously, it's not working very well. Hmm. So anyway, that's uh, Walgreens. Looks like it's uh, pulling a lot of stores out of the San Francisco area. And how crazy is it to <laughs> just lower that uh, threshold so it just creates a, an opportunity for more people to break the law and, and, and steal I mean, I just well, don't know how long they think they're going to be able to survive stuff like that. Well, yeah, and you know, honestly, I would expect that a lot of businesses would want to pull out of San Francisco, given that they're not doing anything to address the homelessness and the drug use and just the poor state, uh, or, you know, the poor condition that San Francisco is in. Um, if, if it would want to be a resident and walk out your front door and step in, you know, human waste. Yeah. Well, um, any city that that puts out maps that tells you where the, you know, where the, where the areas of waste are going to be, I mean, how bad is that? Maybe they need to sp <laughs> spend a little of that money putting some more porter yeah. potties out there. Or I mean, like if you got to come up with an app to show who pooped right in front of your <laughs> damn house, that's a problem. That's yeah. A problem. Um, I bet you won't find any in Nancy's neighborhood. Oh, no, no, not old Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's all I have um, on Walgreens. Well, you know, um, you know, well, and if you go into Walgreens, you might be able to find the new Pringles that are coming out. That, uh, if you're a fan of the old game Halo, um, you it, it might entice you a little bit more. Um, Pringles is coming out with a burger-flavored chip now. Um, and actually it's supposed to stand out the Halo fans because it unveiled, um, a Moa burger flavored chip. So the what idea kind of burger, a Moa, uh, M O a burger flavored chip supposedly mm. has something to do with Halo. Um, oh. the idea for the variety comes from the gaming world in which, Moa are large, flightless, bird-like creatures with two legs, wings, scales from the neck up, and a lizard-like head. It sounds like some people in Congress. Um, it's <laughs> described as being similar to the extinct New Zealand bird, also called a Moa. Um, in the Halo planet, the fictional bird is a signature dish at a restaurant change, uh, chain called Reach. Uh, so gamers have wondered what it would taste like in burger form. Well, wait no longer. Pringles has decided to answer the question itself by introducing the new Pringles wavy Moa burger chips. The thick wavy chip feature a blend of garlic, sweet ginger, and savory beef. Um, mm. You'll notice hints of chili pepper and red pepper to bring the heat, too. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I've played Halo, but I haven't played it enough to where I went to the, you know, fictitious restaurant in the game. Um, I didn't know they had a restaurant in the game. 
Yeah, and had me a Moa burger, but hmm. now I almost want to play Mo. Uh, you know, get back on Halo and see if I can find the restaurant and and eat or chip at the same time. I never did yeah. do well at at, at Halo, so because um, people always killed me before I got very far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and then and then too, I, I joked about um, Walgreens, but the limited edition flavor is available exclusively at Walmart and walmart.com beginning in March, 2021. Well, um, I'll have well, to look for that. <laughs> I mean, people are going to be lining up Donald Wayne. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you to, think they might have a run on the store to buy all those up? Real yeah, quick? I'll be, be bench playing some halo, you know, stop at like two o'clock in the morning. Hey man, let's go get yeah. some of those Moa chips. All I right. mean, so I guess that's so you don't have to actually have a hamburger with it. You can just eat the chips and you feel like you're eating. Well, since you can't taste wise, you know, since the, that, unless you want to, well, the birds extinct in New, in New Zealand. So, you know, and, and you're not going to get the, the fictional bird from the, from the game, unless you find, you know, do some weird science stuff and are able to produce it. But, uh, that's the closest you can get to a Moa burger. And you said something too, didn't you, a minute ago about uh, birds, you know, all the birds that had two legs. Uh, is there a bird that um, you know of that has more than two legs? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but those are the ones over in the Chernobyl area um, in Russia. Um, okay. Ukraine. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Ukraine. Yeah, all right. Sorry. I knew you would come up with something where we could find one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That sounds like a genetic mutation. (laughs) Right, exactly. It wasn't intended by God to uh, be that way. But, um, yes, a little bit of uh, uranium uh, will take care of that. So, Well... I mean, I was I was thinking about pterodactyls, but that's actually their their hands that's on their wings, but they use them to walk sometimes. But yeah, I was trying to think of a bird with four legs. Well, I'm sure we'll have one here. Uh, Somebody will dig China. one up. Yeah, China will probably produce one here shortly. Um, yeah. Or um, or you would wonder if it how how it made its way here if it came from another planet too. Because that would sound like something like in science fiction. Well, you know, that's funny you bring that up, Eric. I think that they're sending a probe to Uranus to... uh, (laughs) Eric, (laughs) Eric, please don't don't feed that to this. (laughs) I mean, we have to have that word every week. I wonder if we can petition to have the name of that planet changed. I think you should. <laughs> no, we'll say or or you would hope it probably came from the Vega star yeah. system, which is twenty five well, light years away. Oh yeah, well yeah. Um, wasn't that in the movie Contact where they had yes. the signs and they for Vega? Oh please come get me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a good movie. All uh, right, um, one more story from the old Huckabee file. Uh, about cancel culture and there's this um high school principal in shelby county tennessee which i think he's actually in memphis but um 
he was actually giving uh, some kind of talk to his students about cancel culture. And here's, here's part of what he said to, to the student body or, or a group of the students one day. He said, I want you to understand the problem that's going to face you and your generation if there is no longer a marketplace, a free exchange of ideas. He went to give them a completely accurate and unbiased history of attempts to suppress free thought, such as McCarthyism, and warned them that while nothing he was saying was controversial now, it might, uh, if someone came into power who didn't like it, they could use today's same cancel culture rationale to silence him for voicing these, these inoffensive truths. So anyway... After the speech, um, he's been suspended because evidently somebody didn't like the fact that he was warning the student body about cancel culture, so they decided to cancel him. Um, let's see. Of course, he's now suing the school district, and... Um, if you go to glennbeck.com, I don't know if anybody's ever listened to Glenn Beck. He used to be on Fox some, but now he's back in Texas, and I think his show originates there somewhere around Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. But you can go to glennbeck.com, and they actually have an interview of Glenn with the lawyer that is representing this, this high school principal that was uh, dismissed because he was just telling his students that, you know, they need to be careful about the cancel culture and uh and then he got canceled so jeez uh i mean i was thinking about that today it is it seem like it's getting more absurd by the month or the week or is it just me i mean it, i've never seen so many things in the news about people being in trouble for saying this or saying that or or wanting to cancel this or cancel that. I thought last year was bad, but you know, we're only uh, two and a half months into the new year and uh, look at all the things that are on the hit list. So anyway, if you want to see that, uh, see what the principal has to say about uh, that high school principal that was fired in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, you can go to glenbeck.com and uh, you'll find that interview. Yeah, free speech is going to take on a whole different meaning over the next four years, I'm afraid, L.E.J. Well, it's, it's not free. It's going towards the direction of not free if you have to, if you're only allowed to say things that one side of the country believes in or if one political party believes in. And that's, that's the that's the thing. That's the the danger that we're approaching now because, and that's one of the reasons I feel like we need, we got to find a way to put, put the brakes on some of this, at least slow it down and, and start thinking about some of these things that they, they're, they're just canceling left and right without any thought in the public about it, any discussions and say, no, wait a minute. Why are we canceling it? Um, I think what LEJ is is, you know, you know, trying to say is, you know, what the force thought is, but basically that's their way of saying, you know, they do not want unity; they want conformity. 
So it's basically you've got to conform to to the political correctness and the cancer culture agenda, or else. Right. Which uh, which is which is a prime example of what a free speech double standard looks like. See you later, Stephanie. Thanks for coming in, Steph. See ya. Welcome back, Pink Squad. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a mess. It's just a mess. We're unfortunately going to see a lot more of that over the coming years. Well, we've talked about this before, and I, I truly believe this, that all these people on the left right now that support all these radical ideas that that are being tossed around and people are trying to to create as the norm in this country, eventually they're going to come after you too, you know, because – you know, they're not going to stop right now. They only go after the right because they're the ones that really stand in their way. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't think that that those of you that are on the left, that they're not going to come after some of the things that will be important to you, too. It's just a matter of time. They'll if, eventually if turn on successful. each other. Yeah, it's because if you have a, a an elite group of people that get to tell everybody how to live and how, how they have to talk. Um, oh, that sounds like communism, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Sounds like China. China, China, China. Anyway. Donald Trump would say. All right, so <laughs> Dennis Lee, do you have a this day in history for us? Oh well, Donald Wayne, I'm glad you said that. Um, there's always a day in history, and today is no different. On March seventh, eighteen seventy six, twenty nine year old Alexander Graham Bell receives a patent. For his revolutionary new invention, hold it, wait for it, wait for it, the telephone. Um, Scottish-born Bell worked in London with his father, Melville Bell, who developed visible speech, a written system used to teach speaking to the deaf. In the 1870s, the Bells moved to Boston, Massachusetts, where the younger Bell found work as a teacher at the Pemberton Avenue School for the Deaf. He later married one of his students, <gasps> scandalous, Mabel Hubbard. Uh, while in Boston, Bell became very interested in the possibility of transmitting speech over wires. I mean, really? Samuel F. B. Morse's invention of the telegraph in 1843 had made nearly instantaneous communication possible between two distant points. The drawback of the telegraph, however, was that it still required hand delivery of messages between telegraph stations and recipients, and only one message could be transmitted at a time. Bell wanted to improve on this by creating a harmonic telegraph, a device that combined aspects of the telegraph and record player to allow individuals to speak to each other from a distance. From a distance. With the help of Thomas A. Watson, a Boston machine shop employee, Bell developed a prototype. In his first telephone, sound waves caused an electric current to vary in intensity and frequency, causing a thin, soft iron plate called the diaphragm to vibrate. These vibrations were transferred magnetically to another wire connected to a diaphragm in another distant instrument. When that diaphragm vibrated, the original sound would be replicated in the ear of the receiving instrument. 
Three days after filing the patent, the telephone carried its first intelligible message. The famous, Mr. Watson, come here. I need you. From Bell to his assistant. And that was this day in history on March 7th, 1876. So while you're talking about that, and I know there's no one on here that'll have any idea about this, but there was a, actually a 1939 movie called the story of Alexander Graham Bell. I, I, I doubt if you've even seen it. Have you Dennis Lee? No, I have not. Um, it's really a great movie. It's black and white, obviously <laughs> made in 1939. Uh, but it starred Don Amici as, as Alexander Graham Bell. He was of course a fairly young man. Then Loretta Young was in there, which nobody probably knows who that is, but Henry Fonda was in the movie and I didn't remember that, but he played Watson in the movie. Oh, so, um, but it's actually, uh, the movie industry rated, uh, the life of Alexander or the story of Alexander Graham Bell fairly accurate, you know, following, you know, the true facts in history. So, uh, I don't even know if you can find that anymore. Maybe on, is Turner classic movies still on? Oh, yes. mm-hmm. they still do that. Yeah. Maybe they'll have uh, a copy of uh, the story of Alexander Graham Bell, but that's kind of a neat story. If you're interested in Alexander Graham Bell, I did not know that Henry Fonda was in that movie. I like Henry Fonda. Yeah. Uh, his daughter, n- not so much. Although no, 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 she was weird um, in Barbarella. <laughs> I think that was well, there well, was on Golden She was half wasn't naked a bad too. movie. Uh, to what? Um, was she, she, Loretta Young. <laughs> yeah, you um, know who Loretta L- Young is. Loretta Young is the the, the famous actress um, who um, you know had a daughter, you know, by Clark Gable. Um, you know, because that that was probably an affair that was kept secret for a long time and about, you know, I think probably sometime during, during the later half of the 20th century, um, Loretta Young's daughter um, was believed to, for, for the longest time to have been like, you know, Clark Gable's daughter, but because men, many even swearing that she was a spitting image of him and she, she wound up getting it confirmed later in life. If Clark Gable was her father, which her oh, mother really? confessed, yes. I've never heard but, that. But I think that daughter of Clark Gables has since passed away. Must have been those big ears that gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I, I used they, to love they it. When... To, they had to do some kind of procedure to pin her ears back from, uh, from yeah. what reports it said. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's a trademark. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. It uh, kind of is a giveaway. In many cases, uh, I, yeah, I've got thoughts um, on that, but I'll have to do that on Tall Tales. Tall- <laughs> well, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, fathering a child with um with a household maid, of course, and you know, Arnold and the maid realized that they could not could not hide it forever because I think Maria eventually discovered it to the point that Arnold had confessed his sin to to Maria about fathering a child that is about the same age as their youngest son. And that, that was a big uh, scandal, but it was long after he yeah. left California's governor's mansion. He's like, look, Maria. There's something in the water in California. What can I say? Yeah, he was pumping her. Uh, I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> pumping, it, pumping up whatever that uh, 
skit on SNL was, I will pump you up. Oh yeah, that was okay. That's yeah, the, that's what I meant. Okay, I you just tied that in too quickly to that other one. Uh, sometimes they just let loose, Donald Wayne. Uh, you better you better wake the boys up there, Dennis Lee, because they need to get you out of trouble. Right, <laughs> <laughs> BP. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh BP, course. your cup is on the way. By the way, uh, oh, I don't know wow. if you saw the uh, notification I sent you, but. And Come on, um, boys. let's get up here. And Cummings decided he wanted a hat. Oh, very good. I love, I love, I love my calendar girl. Oh, sweet calendar girl. I love, I love, I love my calendar girl. Each and every day of the year. Well, January. <laughs> let's start the year off. I wonder if that guy is saying the name of the months just so they remember where they go. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I mean, not very he, he's so energetic. January, mm-hmm. but February. Uh, we're going to have to get them on the show. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, we need to locate them. Yeah, their numbers are still pretty low on YouTube, so maybe they'll give them a boost. Okay. Yeah, once they know that uh, you play them all the time, they ought to be willing yeah. to come on and talk with us. Well, we'll see. It could be good or bad for old Dennis Lee. <laughs> How many times a day do you sing this song in your head, BP wants to know? <laughs> oh. Well, <you> know. <laughs> There's lots of songs that I play in my head every day. Um mm. So this is the calendar. Right, Jess Duck. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> for what? or a cease I, and desist order. Oh, right. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah the good yeah, luck with that. The, not the first time that's happened. I, well. I think we'll we'll call we'll call cousin Vinny on that one. He'll defend us. <laughs> right. Um. So calendar days for Sunday, March the seventh, are this first one: food, of course. It's National Flapjack Day. Now, I think we had National Pancake Day not well, long ago. Same thing. I mean. Aha. I'm glad you said that. Oh, Does anybody yeah. listening know the difference between a flapjack and a, and don't look this up, Dennis Lee. I'm not. On, uh, you know the difference between a flapjack and a pancake. There is a difference. Yeah. Does one have corn? What? Who? Corn? One had, what'd you say? Go right ahead, sir. Okay. Uh, well, yes, Jess, it is ingredients, um, and it's the way they're cooked. Pancakes are made from a thin batter, while flapjacks are made from oats, sugar, and butter. And flapjacks are baked in the oven, and, of course, pancakes are cooked on the griddle. So, Well, that's just that's called a cake. Yeah, I, I didn't know here. that. Uh, until tonight so it's not like that was something that i was aware of before now but anyways it's national flapjack day and this day honors the sturdy wholesome cakes we and i'm i guess i've never what? had one based on that description the sturdy sturdy wholesome cakes we've been wow. cooking up for generations recipes handed down from grandmother to son and 
mother to daughter continue to bring smiles to families all across the country. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, oh, well, that's a sturdy kick you got there. Uh, it reminds never... me of Michael reading <laughs> reading his <laughs> literature about the places they're going to go. Oh, I think it was the, uh, the, the travel bingo that he was reading from. Uh, flapjacks uh, were a staple of the pioneers pursuing new lives on the frontier packed with nutrients and energy flapjacks provided the fuel they needed would stand the often arduous trail huh. so that was um anyway flapjacks but that's interesting so i guess i've never had a flapjack well i guess we should have some so. uh today is national be heard day well, <laughs> not hmm. be a herd but be heard this day encourages small businesses across the country to make their presence known. The day recognizes the over Skippy. 100. Yes. 100... Oh, I was saying Skippy. Of course, trolls are coming out of the woodwork, but carry um, on. Yeah, oh. Well, yeah, just add to our numbers there, guys, or people or whoever you are. The day recognizes the over 145 million small businesses in the United States striving to be heard over the big businesses. Uh, across the U.S., small businesses employ approximately 47% of the entire workforce in the country. Now, I don't know if that figure holds up right now, but not only do they supply cutting-edge services and products, but they also reinvest in small-town America and local neighborhoods. Hmm. So that was today's National Be Heard Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, today is all snow. All snow. Also. It's snow today. It's <laughs> Uh, it's also um, National Cereal Day, another food. Oh. Granola, granola, granola. This says granula, G-R-A-N-U-L-A. The first breakfast cereal was invented in the United States in 1863 by James Caleb Jackson. Um, the cereal never became popular since it was <laughs> inconvenient as the heavy brand's nuggets needed soaking overnight before they were tender enough to eat. Can you imagine how how hard that nugget was? I mean, they're making wicker baskets after they eat a bowl of that. That's I mean, <laughs> I wonder <laughs> how that milk tastes after sitting out all night long with that nugget swelling up in Jeez, it. Jeez, <laughs> my goodness. I mean... It, I, look, I can't, you're provoking me, Donald Wayne. I can't even. All right, well, let me move on to the next one. The, today is also National Crown of Roast Pork Day. Oh, well, you went to a way better one, didn't you? I've learned uh, so much doing these National Calendar Day things. I've never heard a crown of roast pork. Does anybody, anybody, Bueller, anybody um, ever heard of that one? I, I'll have to bow out of this one, Donald. Okay. <laughs> um, you, you were talking about flapjacks a while ago. Um, like if you were to search on YouTube, a, a classic milk is a natural like j jingle commercial from the mid 1970s. What makes flapjacks flappier milk does. <laughs> you know? I don't know if you remember that from the 1970s. So the milk is a natural what makes blueberries barrier milk does. I don't what, remember a whole lot from the 70s. What actually, makes donuts donuttier milk does. <laughs> I, I, I have to send you those videos through a Twitter DM or email. Well, they were uh, doing a lot of drugs back then. Man. There was, so, there was, there are certain parts of the 70s, obviously, since Dennis Lee's on here with me, that I have to oh, say I can remember, but oh there was, goodness. there's a lot that I blocked out. Wow. Um, 
Well, it was a crown of roast pork day. Uh, this is a roast pork. Its, na its name, it earns its name when a pork loin forms a circle with the ribs pointing upwards. <laughs> I'm not sure what he's laughing about, but I'm going to continue. I guess he so, must be really tickled by the milk as a natural jingle from the 1970s. Oh, I'm sure that's it. But I digress. <laughs> So the ribs are pointing upwards, creating the points of a crown. Uh, often they're held together with twine. Uh, it is in season and usually stuffed, roasted and served, making a beautiful centerpiece on the table. Uh, the ends of the bones may be given a paper frill treatment for added decoration. So the, the picture online shows this, this brown thing of pork with these legs sticking up or uh, actually they're i guess they're uh, what did i say they're um the ribs sticking up and they put little little paper things on the end of them to decorate them so that's funny the chiropractor has a paper frill treatment too huh? i just wonder where they well, got what kind of chiropractor are you going to <laughs> they've never stuck any paper frills well, on me we'll save that they dressing you up there dennis lee when you go yeah, to get yeah. your back adjusted i did put a little crown on my head uh, <laughs> i thought it was weird at the time but uh, <laughs> maybe they were taking x-rays and you just didn't realize it well they were taking pictures all right the last thing on the list is national finishers medal day um that is in 490 bc the greek soldier uh, Phidiopes was sent <laughs> from the battlefield near Marathon, Greece to Athens to tell the victory over the Persians. The distance was approximately 25 miles and he ran the entire way. The story says once he arrived and delivered the message, he dropped dead. Uh, oh, wow. so he earned the finisher's medal for that, for completing that task that day. But anyway, the Finisher's Medal Day recognizes each person and the amount of commitment and hard work that they put into making sure that they can cross that finish line. So that's to all those people. And it doesn't matter whether you're first or last, as long as you make it across the finish line. If you ain't first, you're last. Well, you're next. Uh, Couldn't you just say <laughs> you're next? No, nah, you could. But, you, ha you, know, you have somebody has to be a loser, right? Somebody has to win and somebody <laughs> has to lose. Donald well, Wayne. okay, all right. Well, we all can't right. all I... get we can't all get trophies now. I know. Okay. Uh, well, you know, tell that to some people, and <laughs> you're you're a little late on that that theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this trophy for? Well, you showed up to all the practices. Okay. All right. You can wake the boys up again, Dennis Lee. Hey, here, shaking. Here we go. Yeah, I was wondering about that, Eric. Yeah, yeah, my heart's in a world. I love, mm. I love, I love my little calendar girl. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day of the year. Thank you, boys. Thank you, boys. That's just... That's special. That that right there is special. Well, That's real. It, well, it's officially four minutes after midnight. So I guess wow. since since it's already after midnight, I guess the question is it's it's after midnight. Do you know where your children are? You know. 
<laughs> I thought it I thought it was 10 p.m. <laughs> 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. But oh, since we... it's after midnight, you, you know, you oh. still want to ask that question, of course. You know, that was one of the hardest things for me to adjust to when I moved from Dallas, Texas to Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. many moons ago is back home in Texas. The news would come on at night at, at 10 o'clock, move to Georgia news doesn't come on till 11 o'clock. So, um, it really messed up my, my sleep cycle when I moved out here. Of course, now I don't sleep much anyway, so it doesn't really matter what time the news comes on, but that was, that was hard for me to get used to, but that used to be the the line right before the news would begin. It's 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Indeed. Uh, okay. So, so we moving on Dennis Lee? Oh, let's, let's move on. Why don't let's, we? Let's just talk uh, about something futuristic. Well then, uh, let's talk about the EV rollout. I mean, we're talking, we're talking about going to this green energy and all the, all the, uh, you know, the, we'll have electric vehicles everywhere. Um, so the EV rollout, there's an article, um, it'll require huge investments in, uh, in strained U S power grids. Um, this is from Reuters. Um, um, and it was an auto blog that they did. <clears throat> it says, uh, during several days of the brutal cold in Texas, uh, a, the city of Austin saw its fleet of 12 new electric buses rendered inoperative by a statewide power outage. That problem will be magnified next year when officials plan to start purchasing electric-powered vehicles exclusively. The city's transit agency has budgeted $650 million over two over 20 years for electric buses and a charging facility for 187 such vehicles. But officials are still trying to solve the dilemma of power interruptions like the Texas freeze um, brought about. Uh, the redundancy and resiliency when it comes to power is something that we have long understood will be an issue, said Capital uh, Metro spokeswoman Jenna Maxfield. Austin's predicament uh, highlights the challenges facing governments, utilities, and auto manufacturers as they respond to climate change. More electric cars will require both charging infrastructure and much greater electric grid capacity. Utilities and power generators will have to invest billions of dollars creating that additional capacity while also facing the challenge of replacing fossil fuels with renewable energy sources. Um, The extreme weather events add additional layers of difficulty as well. Reliability keeps you awake, uh, California Energy Commission member Siva Gunda said in an interview, (laughs) and probably didn't speak with that kind of accent, but (laughs) I felt it appropriate. Um, (laughs) Rolling blackouts during a California heat wave last year prompted the state to direct its utilities produce to procure emergency generating capacity for the summer and to reform its planning for reserve power. Um, The state plans an aggressive phase out of sales of gas and diesel powered cars and trucks by 2035. So the state is going to tell you 
that you cannot buy any more of this gas and diesel powered vehicles. Too bad. Get your ass an electric vehicle, sir, madam, uh, which if achieved would require vast increases in electric grid capacity, which in California's case, they're already having rolling blackouts. So <clears throat> much like um, we're 10 years behind in our roads here in Atlanta, um, they're even further behind in their electricity planning um, and they're, they're, they're providing of resources out there in California. So uh, the power and transport sectors combined make up more than half of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions, this report says. Their, stim- their simultaneous greening is considered critical for the United States, the world's second largest emitter behind China to meet its obligations under an international accord to address global warming. The goal is to power electric cars with renewable energy rather than coal and natural gas that currently dominate the U.S. power supply. So again, you're going to force people within the next 10 to 15 years to switch from gas cars all the way over to electric cars. Better have some subsidies in there. You better have some some way to alleviate the cost for individuals that can barely afford a um, gas-driven vehicle. Um, that's in my opinion. To realize that vision, electricity from intermittent sources like wind and solar will need to be stored, probably through battery technology, so that cars can charge overnight or at other times when supply outstrips demand. A model utility with two to three million customers would need to invest between um, $1,700 and $5,800 in grid upgrades per electric vehicle through 2030, according to Boston Consulting Group. Assuming 40 million EVs are on the road, that investment could reach $200 billion dollars. I mean, we can't even repair the damn roads and bridges. And, you know, we're going to sink $200 billion and so we can get these electric vehicles on the road that a lot of individuals just won't be able to afford. Well, Joe Biden's got a plan to fix the, uh, the yeah, interstate well, highways in the country, yeah. you know, so they'll they'll be repaired well, by then. Yeah. Well, we've got some, some words about <laughs> his plans. But so far, investor-owned companies have plans approved for just $2.6 billion in charging programs and projects. That's a little shy of $200 billion needed. Um, according to trade group Edison Electric Institute, the electrification of the transportation sector will catch most utilities a little bit off guard. I'd say a lot off guard. Um, but that was uh, said by Ben uh, Kropowski, director of the Power Systems Engineering Center at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory, or the NREL. Um, the organization estimates that by 2050, the electrification of transport and other sectors will require a doubling of U.S. generation capacity. Where in the hell are you going to get all that electricity and you're booting coal and you're booting um, you know, oil and you're booting natural gas out? Um, where are you actually going to get all this power from? Windmills. You know, 
Oh, windmills. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's just, let's just line, line the country up with the windmills and see if that's real effective. Um, if not managed carefully, the needed investments could saddle consumers with higher energy bills. According to a report last month by California's utility regulator, another challenge, lower-income customers often can't afford to make the upfront investment in electric cars. That's what we were just talking about. Home batteries and rooftop solar systems that could save them money in the long term. Well, I mean, you know, shit, they're going to be forcing people to have, um, you know, um, solar panels on top of people's houses anyway in California. Isn't it the law now that any any new dwellings in California have to have some solar panels tied to them? I have to check into that. Well, we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. I I believe it is. I don't, but it probably doesn't. I think it's with new construction. I don't think it's retrofitting or retroactive. I think it's new construction. I could be right. Uh, You know, class one. I mean, that's right. It's only money. But as long as the government is going to subsidize for what we're being forced to spend, um, then, you know, that's all fine. I mean, it's our money anyway. So, you know, um, utilities are embracing EV sales um, growth as a as both a promising new source of revenue and an opportunity to use excess wind and solar power generated at every windy or sunny times when supply exceeds demand. Investments in both the grid and charging infrastructure that are recovered from t- rate payers could be that means you and I and everyone else could add between three billion and ten billion and cumulative cash flow to the average utility through twenty thirty, according to Boston Consulting Group. The forecast also includes potential revenues from new products outside of utilities regulated businesses, such as cons- customer fleet routing or charging station maintenance. Yeah, I mean all these things come with a cost. The charging station is going to need to be maintained and worked on. It's not like, you know, we can go out into our garage and be like, no, don't worry, I got this. I can fix it. Um, the revenue opportunity is still uh, nascent, however, with EVs making up less than 2% of all vehicles registered in the United States. But with their goal, then that's supposed to change. You're talking about getting people again. Um, forcing them to switch over to EVs within the next 15 years or so. Um, And utilities must invest in infrastructure now for consumers to feel secure in their purchase of an EV, said Emily Fisher, general counsel on the utility trade group Edison Electric Institute. Um, There's definitely a chicken and egg situation with charging infrastructure she said, I mean, how many of these charging stations do you even see, Donald Wayne, when you're out? I'm, I know that um, to really see any of any more than a couple, you have to, like, go to a mall. Yeah, um, that, that mall, it's not a mall, but that uh, where uh, Best Buy is located up there on Barrett Parkway, in that big parking lot, I think there's about anywhere from 10 to 12 charging stations at right there at the outermost portion of the parking lot. I have never seen a car plugged into it, but that doesn't mean they never get used. Well, 
You know, major U.S. automakers, General Motors and Ford, have announced large investments in EV development to keep pace with electric car pioneer Tesla uh, and prepare for the prospect of tougher emissions regulations. So what they'll do is they'll force these tougher emissions regulations on you to where you pretty much don't have a choice. Um, EV share could grow by 15% by 2030, according to U.S. Department of Energy forecasts, if not higher. The electricity to power all those cars is expected to come from primarily from renewable energy sources, such as natural gas, according to the NREL. Even if natural gas generation increases to support electrified transportation, overall emissions are projected to decline, the organization said. Well, I guess, Joe, you're going to have to let some of that fracking, um, you know, take place there, good buddy. If you know we can't have you can't have your cake and eat it too, you're gonna have to give a little bit here. Um, so yeah, you watch. might uh, you might need that pipeline to be finished. You know, right? Um, so large new investments may pose difficulties for utilities already experiencing weather related problems in Texas. Many of the companies that would be making those investments face a financial crisis stemming from last month's cold snap. Utilities and power makers face billions of dollars in blackout-related charges, and several have filed for bankruptcy already. Um, you know, it's it's and uh, it goes on. I'm going to cut this one short, but yeah, it's um it's a mess. Uh, you know. And, and then you know you got people who say, "Well, we're not in a doom and gloom situation." Um, Robert Barossa said, who's a senior director at Volkswagen AG's Electrify America, uh, we're not going to 80% battery electric sales overnight. It will be a natural transition. And yeah, I mean, they want us to go to be, you know, switched over to EV cars and phase out gas and diesel vehicles within 15 years, but that's not going to happen. It's just not because I guarantee you what will happen is, you know, we give it these four years, the administration will come in, and these things will be shredded up, and um, things will be overturned, executive orders will be filed, and, uh, you know, it's just all these scare tactics. Um, but it, it's a mess. I don't know how they could ever force us until things are cost-effective and, and and fair to everyone. Um I don't well, see how they could force them to take the the gas powered vehicles off the road. Yeah, there's there's so many issues with that, other than even just the price of the vehicles themselves. Now, I think we've talked about this before. You can find some really low end EV uh, uh, electric cars for sale. I think Honda and Toyota may have some that are down around eighteen thousand or twenty thousand, but that's that's almost something that you got to start by pushing off with your foot. I mean, there, there's not much to them. I mean, they've, they made so many advances in cars and you've got so much stuff in them now, you know, stereo systems that rival some people's systems at home and the screens and the movies and all of that, that you can get in the vehicle. So, you know, I was looking at the new Mustang and I'm actually kind of interested in that new Mustang. I'm at least going to go drive it when, when, uh, when it comes out this year, but it's like 40 something thousand dollars to start out with. 
Um, yeah, I, I've actually seen one of those Donald Wayne, and um, super quiet. Um, I just don't like the body style. Body yeah, style I mean, it doesn't look like, like a Mustang, Mustang anymore. But but there's others. Uh, I mean, it almost looks like a cross between a Mustang and an SUV a little bit. But right. the the price of these things. I mean, there's a lot of people in this country that pretty much are they they have to buy used cars in order to make it affordable for them. And uh, the question has been, well, you know, what about the people that can't afford EV, you know, electric vehicles? And what about the people that can't afford to have the, the charging stations installed in their homes or all the people that live in apartments? Does that mean you're going to make apartment owners? They're going to have to have charging stations. How much room are they going to have to dedicate to charging stations? Uh, right. There, there's so many things wrong that nobody ever talks about. And they act like this is just going to be a natural progression. And uh, it, but like well, most yeah. things. You know, they, I don't know that they've thought it all the way through. And, and my biggest concern is how do you get from here? I, I, of course, I think that Mustang, the electric Mustang, is supposed to go 400 miles on one charge, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm not, I'm not sure on that. It's, you know, there's got to be limitations to that. I mean, if that's, is that running the air conditioner and, and all the little electric gadgets that are in the car and then, I mean, uh, maybe a good good uh, business to be in when electric vehicles start becoming, you know, more widely used is the tow business <laughs> because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to need a, a instant uh, boost, you know, because they run out of electric power before they get to where they're going. Well, how ironic will that be that the tow vehicle actually runs on gas? <laughs> it because, has, to, has to be um, gas or they yeah. could use propane vehicles or something like that but i i'm not against electric vehicles i'm just uh, i just don't think they have it figured out to where they're going to replace what we have today i mean one of the uh, biggest I, things that contributed to this the growth of this country was our mobility and the fact that the automobile was such a big part of our lives for so many years that people well, could travel and go places if if they would uh if the if the <laughs> Here's a conspiracy. If the government would, uh, you know, ease up on it and not try, try to suppress everything, we could have been running on water a long time ago. So put that one out there. You know, yeah. Well, there's been alternative fuels that have been presented in the past and have, and have actually worked. And, um, you know, when they had uh, propane. Uh, transit system. Uh, some of the buses around Atlanta, and I, I believe even Cobb County may have propane buses. Uh, propane doesn't give you the same amount of power as, as gasoline does. So those, that's some issues that they had to deal with. But, you know, there's been other ways uh, to fuel them. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Just, I, I'm sure Joe Biden and his folks will get all those things figured out because, you know, 2035 is not that far away. No. Um, well, oh, oh, oh. Good. So we had, uh, oh. we had <laughs> someone call in here. Uh, now you listen to me, mister. I work for a living. And I mean real work, not writing down gobbledygook. 
I provide the people of this community with propane and propane accessories. Just because I happen to sell propane and propane accessories. Okay, all right. The salesman of propane and propane accessories. My dad says butane's a bastard gas. <laughs> no, I sell propane and pro. <laughs> Sorry, Hank. We're well, gonna have to let you go. Yeah, today. Hank. We gotta need to work on your son that. there a little bit, Hank. I mean, does he kiss his mother with that mouth? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to um, just quickly go through this story that I had about. Um, it's an article from the DC Patriot, which is the first time I've ever seen anything from them, but it's about, uh, former VP, Mike Pence speaking out about election integrity. I don't know if anybody else has seen any of that, uh, not that particular article, but anything, but I, I heard on Fox that he's, he's speaking out now. Now he's saying something about his, he's questioning the election integrity, but let me go through this, uh, this article real quick. It's been several months since we've heard from former VP Mike Pence, but he's back in the news and his words triggered liberals and shocked conservatives. Liberals praised Prince Pence. Boy, that's a tongue twister. Liberals praised Pence over how he handled the January 6th electoral college fiasco, but now they may be singing a different tune. In a new op-ed published by the conservative Daily Signal, Pence is now speaking out about that day and his thoughts on election fraud and integrity. After an election marked by significant voting irregularities, and this is Mike Pence, and numerous instances of officials setting aside state election law, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about the integrity of the 2020 election, Pence writes. That's why I was serving as pres uh, presiding officer at the joint session of Congress certifying the Electoral College results. I pledged to ensure that all objections properly raised under the Electoral Count Act would be given a, fair, a full hearing before Congress and the American people, he continued. The tragic events of January 6th, the most significant being the loss of life and violence at our nation's capital, also deprived the American people of a substantive discussion in Congress about election integrity in America, he wrote. Pence stunned conservatives by his op-ed and angered, angered liberals. However, he makes a few interesting points that the Capitol incident kept he and others from being able to do their jobs and actually question the irregularities of the 2020 elections. Most of the most Many of the most troubling voting irregularities took places in states that set aside laws enacted by state legislatures in favor of sweeping changes ordered by governors, secretaries of state, and courts. While legislators in many states have begun on, to work on election reform to restore public confidence in state elections, unfortunately, congressional Democrats have chosen to sweep those valid concerns and reforms aside to push forward a brazen attempt to nationalize elections in blatant disregard of the U.S. Constitution, Pence wrote. Congress will vote this week on H.R. 1, the so-called For the People Act, a massive 800-page election overhaul bill that would increase opportunities for election fraud, trample the First Amendment, 
further erode confidence in our elections and forever dilute the votes of legally qualified eligible voters, he continued. The fact that Pence is now latching, lashing out, saying that the capital idiocy stopped him from doing his job, but also saying that there was voter fraud and the need to be an investigation is alarming. So here he is, two and a half months later, and, and now he's, I mean, I don't know how many people actually thought that he felt that way back on January the 6th. But if you've been listening to Tristalk since the first of the year, you may remember that uh, we raised the question right after January 6th if what happened that night might have been an attempt by some people in Washington and not naming any names, not saying who it might have been, but they did not want the electoral results officially challenged and certainly not discussed in detail that day. To have done so would have most likely made specific claims and issues more clear to the American people and would likely have been uh, part of a permanent congressional record. We started saying back in January that barring some hothead fanatics, Trump supporters most likely would not have benefited by the issues that were going on, that were going to be raised in the Capitol that day. Even if you didn't believe the election results would be overturned, which was really never a possibility or even the issue, any exposure of the legitimate concerns regarding the election would most likely have been beneficial to Trump supporters and conservatives, Republicans in general. Before that day, most of the Trump supporters' concerns were dismissed by most biased media outlets. By, but, but, a, but anyway, a conversation in Congress about each of the allegations would have had to been covered by the media in some manner and therefore making it a little bit harder for people to say that voter fraud or irregularities was not an issue. So I've always felt like that there was something else at play that day. It just never made sense to me that people were accusing Donald Trump of wanting his supporters to go down there and stop the process. Why would he want the process stopped? I mean, these people certainly weren't going to overthrow the government and that was never going to happen. And Donald Trump and, and magically make him or allow him to continue being president, that was never going to happen. And anybody that suggests, suggests that, you know, uh, they have a problem. Yeah, no, it, it was never, it was <clears throat> never his intention to have people go down there and storm um, into, uh, into the Capitol. So now go down there and protest. Yeah. But I mean, right. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's, it's, um, you know, it's it's conspiracy talk, but yeah, there's a little bit of orchestration that went into that that whole thing. Um, you know, well, you got, of course, the video of the idiots that went in there, but yeah, they should be prosecuted. Um, right, and and they're doing that. Uh, I was just reading something this weekend that some of those people that they've already arrested are still in jail. Uh, they're in jail up in in uh, D.C. And you know. Um, and, and there's no no timeline about when when any kind of prosecutions will take place. But so here's the thing to think about. I wonder how long they'll actually stay in there. It'll be interesting to find out how long these individuals actually stay in jail, how long they're sentenced, especially if it was an orchestrated 
um, you know, if, if part of this was orchestrated and they were paid or they were hired indeed, um, then, uh, you know, how long, how long are they actually going to serve? Well, we know a lot of the rioters last year didn't stay in jail very long. Most of them are out the next day. That's what I'm talking about. And, and yeah, you're making that comparison. But, you know, sure. uh, of course, the media has made those people uh, cast a different light on them. And in, in some respects, you know, the ones that did damage and, and the looting and, and uh, you know, they, they should be punished. But there's also a point of law that people have a right to to. Uh, right to bail if it's not you know a crime that that it's uh, right. a continuing danger to the public but uh yeah uh, what i was reading that none of them have been released so far so and, and i don't know know how true that is but i i just i'm not convinced that 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 those random events just came together exactly the right moment to stop what was going on in the building that day Right. I mean, if if you look at most crimes, if you look at even if you watch crime movies or crime shows on TV, you know, usually the one thing that comes out, investigators are always looking that the people who are most suspect are the ones that have the most to gain by the crime being committed. And that's not always true. But so who had the most to gain from what happened that day in the Capitol? Yeah. Right. It wasn't Donald Trump and, and, and the Republicans, because if I truly believe if that had gone on like it was planned that day and like Mike Pence is now saying that that was that was what they were trying to do, that it would have changed the thinking and the people's perception in this country about what happened <clears throat> during the November elections. Right. And I think there was people that didn't want that to happen. Now, yeah, that may sound like a conspiracy theory, but I, I just I, I'm, I'm convinced that there's there's a lot more to it than that. Donald Trump had nothing to gain by what happened that day except to make him look worse. So to think that he encouraged people or he wanted people to go do what happened that day doesn't even make sense. So Mike Pence is anyway, he's he's saying that. uh yeah, now, I get it, and I get what Class One is saying. Um, I, I get that, um, but you know, unfortunately, with with Trump, he's uh, you know when he thinks it, he says it, and um, he's always been that way. Um, so it's well, not not excusing that in any way, but yeah, you know, I, I get where you're coming from. Well, class one. you know, Donald Trump is unapologetically unfiltered, which which. That that that's no secret, of course. Um, right. But and and you know because you know and you know that um, you know he's he's going to say things for like shock and awe because t typically um, you know we're we're taught that we're supposed to think before we speak, but that there are they're going to be people in society who speak before they think or are they speak but, and and don't think basically like are they even using their brains? Right. Right. Well, a lot of people, like we've said before, Donald mm -hmm. Trump was attractive for them because we're tired or we were tired of politicians mm -hmm. smiling and shaking people's hands and patting you on the back and saying, "If just elect me and I'm going to do this for you. And then they never do a damn thing, really. Um, and, and Donald Trump was the guy that 
you know, yeah. he, he, he had, he didn't have the personality for it, but then that also meant that he was not one of those people that was worried about what anybody thought about him. Right. And that can be, that can be right. a good thing well, for you. And it can also be one of your negatives, but well, um, you know, he has that Teflon like quality about him. You know, Ronald Reagan was said to be the same way. Um, but another thing I've oftentimes, you know, have no- noticed like how like pop politicians handshakes are depicted the way you could tell whether they are sincere or insincere is whether, whether they, they, they grab your hand firmly to shake it or because, because right there, that, that, that could be a telling sign of whether, whether they're telling, telling the truth or whether they're lying to you. Or people who won't look you in the eyes when they're talking. Exactly. To you. Eye contact. Oh, yep. but are they, are they just, or are they just kind of like look down at you, you know, <clears throat> like, like they're above you. Right. Exactly. But but the point of this article is Donald Trump had nothing to gain by encouraging those people to go down there and, and do what ultimately happened at the Capitol building that day. He had nothing to gain from that. It no. couldn't have gone anywhere. It couldn't have kept him in office. His best shot at having anything happen, and, and, and again, not that he they would have reversed the election, but at least – all of those things that went on that were illegal, that, uh, that were shady or whatever, uh, could have been brought to light and people could not have ignored them anymore. And that's what was stopped that day. And that was not a benefit for Donald Trump. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's what Mike Pence is, is, is uh, kind of alluded to in, in his op-ed that he did. So, uh, you know, and I, I read this weekend, too, and I've heard it before. Uh, I mean, it's been said that Donald Trump offered to have uh, the National Guard help out that day. But, you know, it has to be requested, you know, by either the city of uh, D.C. or uh, if, it, if it affects the, the city itself or the Capitol Police had to request it. You can't just send them in unless it's a national emergency. And, of course, there's debate about whether or not he truly uh, actually offered the help. But uh, there is a conversation, I think. Oh, gosh. I think it was another one on, on Mike Huckabee's site uh, where it's a short piece about did Donald Trump actually offer help that day? And, and he did have a conversation with one of his officials about he thought that there should be uh, – at least 10,000 national guard available for the city that day. But then the person he was talking to, which I think was an assistant secretary of defense, I believe. And he says, yeah, but they have to be requested. We have to get that request before we can send them in. And then of course the question is who turned down or who should have asked for that help that day. And they didn't. So I, I just, Anyway, that that's Mike Pence is back out in the open again, and and maybe uh, maybe that'll help. You know, it's amazing how <clears throat> liberals turn on people. They love them when they when they can use them to make their point, but you know they can use conservatives that uh, help them make a point. But then as soon as they start telling some other story, then uh, they're no longer uh, in the circle of trust anymore. If you like the Fockers. Mm. so indeed indeed. we'll see we'll see but just just think about that one point who benefited most by what happened that day 
what did it stop? You would have thought that maybe, you know, they would have gone back in there after things had settled down and gone on with that. But I, I guess they had to go ahead and, and certify it and, and close the proceedings, which is exactly whose favor did that work towards? Right. It wasn't Donald Trump. It wasn't the Republicans or the conservatives. So maybe that's who you need to look at. All right. Well, we've about uh, we've crossed the line here, and we're pushing yeah. one forty. So, um, I guess we can save some stuff for Tuesday night. I think <laughs> we can. That'll be oh, some. Le- that'll be less research for me on right. Tuesday night. Yeah. Oh boy. All right, Eric. If you uh, if well, you're ready. Um, well, of course. That, thank you, of course, to Class One Probe BP forty nine LEJ Jess Duck the real you know, forgotten tunes, Chris and the real pink squirrel. If, if she's still with us and, um, and the, you know, and, a, and a few other friends, Ste- Stephanie and, and, you know, and, 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 and a special thank you, of course, to the Skippy trolls for upping our engagement points. As always, we, <laughs> we, we much appreciate that, but, but I, I digress, but um, the, the show's coming up on Podbean live, of course, to, to anybody interested in checking out some, some very good shows includes the chit chat with the old man. He, he and Dina Joe and, and myself are on every weekday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time on Podbean. And this Friday it is our latest installment of cooking with Dina Joe and Grammy. And then, and of course, and the old man does his music shows every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern time, as well as Sundays at 9 a.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, um, Frankie D's crib. He's on every Wednesday and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and of course, this Tuesday and Thursday at 11:30 a.m. Eastern time, be on the lookout for the John DeVito show, and and also be on the lookout for the Just Another Day in Paradise podcast to come back with some new shows as well. Um, you know, still waiting to find out that, you know the exact time they go live. Um, and then every Monday. Wednesday and Friday around 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern time, as well as Tuesdays and Thursday nights around 1.30 a.m. Eastern time. It's Robert's Mr. Clean Music Show. Um, and then weekdays around 6 or 7 p.m. Eastern time, be on lookout for Jeremy and the Cummings' is Culture podcast. And weeknights around 8 p.m. Eastern time is the comedy podcast known as Chuck and Billy's Not Your Cup of Tea. Weeknights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time is a slightly serious show. Unless, you know, James's day job has him working overtime, he, he might get delayed till 12.30 a.m. Eastern Time, which, <clears throat> as, as the scheduling, could always be subject to change. And then, you know, weeknights around 11.30 p.m. or midnight Eastern Time, you know, the, the Forgotten Teens music show. And, and then later in the week, and you, you'll have... The Swap Doesn't Lie Friday nights around 7 or 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as David's Mysteries of the Paranormal and um, Chris and, and, and you know, of Chris Unplugged and, and his wife, you know, do a podcast show called Two Peas in a Podcast. And then Poetic um, may have a, another episode coming soon of the Holy Shift Podcast. Saturday nights around 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you have lyrical accidents and also be on lookout for other interesting podcasts including the milk dog 2020 show lyra with communication station and the real pink squirrel with whose podcast is this anyway as well as jester and company with the it's doomsday podcast and, and many other great 
you know, podcast shows that you can find here on Podbean that are very worthwhile and very enjoyable and very substantive. But, um, but in, but in the meantime, we, we thank, thank you for joining us for the show. And Dennis Lee will tell you how you can get in touch with Tall Tales of the Rabbit Hole and Trust Talk and, and when you can find new episodes. Well, thank you, Eric. We really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, to Sardar, um, you, we, after you chat with us for a while in the chat room and we get to know you, um, then, then we generally will um, have you uh, make it available for you to call in. Um, we got to get to know who you are first. Um, that way we weed out any possible trolls. Uh, you could understand why we'd have to do that. But anyways. <laughs> We've had some uh, fun but, with some of those yeah, calls. Please yeah. um, share this show to social media and friends. And also please follow if you're new and haven't already done so. Yes. Uh, make sure on. to follow so you can get uh, informed of new episodes as they come up uh, and shows that are posted. But if you want to really grab a hold of us, go on to Twitter and uh, try us talk WG Moon. Uh, you can email us at tristalk69pts at gmail.com. It does work. Um, we will we will get your email. Um, and go, I encourage you to go to our Facebook page at Tristalk, um, where we post all the shows, all the articles that we use. Uh, the majority of the articles that we use are posted there. Um, and you can engage with us there. Um, you can get, uh, you can listen to the show on Spotify at Trice Talk, and you can also find us on Amazon Music at Trice Talk. And we're on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, and uh, with impromptu shows here and there. I know Donald Wayne has been doing some mini pods that have been really good. Um, and then if you want to get weird and explicit, you know, you just can't keep those curse words out of your vocabulary. Come on over to Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole. We'll put a seat at the table for you. And, um, you know, we talk about conspiracies and abductions and all that kind of stuff. Alien abductions, that is. Um, and we're on every Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, somewhere there's about, um, with impromptu shows and makeup shows as well, because um, if we skip a night, so, but um, we appreciate you, we love you, and we couldn't do it without you. So, do you ever uh, talk about Uranus on your show? <laughs> I do. Uh, mostly are you other people. Or you just throw that mostly, out here at Tristalk. <laughs> mostly other people's uh, uh, anuses, but, um, you know. Um, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things when it comes to, you know when anybody talks about you know, planets or space it has to come out just like when somebody says the word phenomenon then i go do mm-hmm. do, 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 do phenomenon and you have to yeah well, just, that never comes to my mind until y'all start well, really that. yeah like like over on tall tales the rabbit hole you don't mind explicit but 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 explicit doesn't mean any racist or or any other weird No, ends. no. If you're a racist or a sicko, you get kicked right out. Um, so we don't <laughs> yep. tolerate that. And, um, and you get reported to Podbean, I guess. Exactly. And you get blocked and all that, everything that comes with it. Shamed. There's um, people listening all to stuff. all that. Yes. Yeah, but e- even good... though you appreciate them upping your engagement points when they <laughs> yeah, we appreciate behave that, badly. But... 
we're there to have a good time and um you know you know but just uh well, Keep I just real people. I just want to make sure you were discussing those planets. <laughs> oh yeah, we, have, uh, well. we we talk about Uranus on every, and, you know, it doesn't matter whenever we get a chance. Um, you know. um, and, right. and another, and another, <laughs> thing, another trend that I've noticed some trolls picking up on is is now they're hijacking images from from like Podbean shows like Nonsense Password and Herbal Society and Slightly Serious and Caps and a couple others, and, you know, defiling the images and. You know, and and trying to spoof themselves, but my biggest concern is, I, I'm like God. I hope they don't spoof Dennis Lee's Tall Tales of the Rabbit Hole logo because we, we we would know that the, you know that that that's not the real you if they defile your image. Oh uh, well, they can try and defile me all they want. I mean, go ahead, do your best. <laughs> yeah, I think he's been uh, well. I'm gonna go. <laughs> but, um, but if but if y'all's images are tra- trademarked and copyrighted, then um, much like Cummings's cultures is. You know, yes. I don't think Podbean would want a, your lawyers sending them a cease and desist order. No, no, um, you know, no. tall tales and uh, and try stock. You know, if we if they want to just give us money, then that's fine. Um, yeah. True. Yeah, might yes, as well just uh, donate to the cause, right? Um, and and two, I don't know if Ellie J still on here, but uh, going to try to look into that Eyes of Texas story. And uh, get an update on that on uh, on Tuesday. And if you have, if you're still here, and you happen to have a chance to uh, let us know what you find out, because uh, that's one of the earliest songs that I learned. That and and beautiful, beautiful Texas, where the beautiful blue bonnets grow. Do you remember that one, Dennis Lee? Um, no, I don't. I don't remember. I that didn't one. teach you that one. Golly, I'm, I'm, yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I let you down. I'm sorry. Well, All right. You know. Well, we appreciate everybody that joined us tonight. Uh, we thank you for supporting Trice Talk. Um, and we hope that you join us again on Tuesday night. Uh, I'm going to the closing thought tonight. I forgot where in the world I got this, but uh, it's it's an author unknown. So, you know, anybody could have done it. Mm-hmm. But it goes on to say someone once asked me, why do you always insist on taking the hard road? I replied, why do you assume I see two roads? And there you go. So maybe it was, I took the only road that was available. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, wow. that spurred a little thought there. Yeah, it did. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess if you're ready to turn out that one light bulb for us, Dennis Lee, we'll just Uh, ease out of here. Let me click it. This party's over. Love you. God bless you. We'll see you again next time. Good night, everybody. Stay safe, everybody.